0: they can't go long. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of July 2012. For newcomers, I always suggest you make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find over a thousand audios for download for free. And hopefully you'll start to understand the system you're born into, the system of power control and the agenda as well, which powerful people always have an agenda. And and their agenda is very simple. It's for themselves to rule the entire planet and standardize everything across the world, eventually eliminate all countries through trading blocks and amalgamations, just like the EU has happened to. And you've got NAFTA, of course, still driving ahead with the American amalgamation too for the continent. The Pacific Rim region for China, Australia, New Zealand and a few other countries as well underway as well. So you're living through the 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 times of standardization, that's really what it is, Well, they consolidate power uh, for their own uh, use for later on. Because they really have a plan to go down through the edges for themselves at the top, and we will all pass away. Uh, the old man, the old type, the, the ones who didn't evolve enough and get up to the top, will simply pass away. Their usefulness is over, and uh, you'll go down the way of the dodo bird, basically, in the end. And that's happening already, because most folk don't breed, or they certainly don't want any. Their live births in the West. Now, remember, two, you are the audience that bring me to you, so you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, and you can also donate as well. And from the US to Canada, you can always use a personal check or an international postal money order, PayPal, or even send cash across the world. Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again, because I don't. Take advertisers on as guests that scare you and then sell you something to uh, to save you. An antidote, basically. Uh, And I don't have shares in any companies that sell anything at all. So you can keep me going if you like to do so. But we live in an amazing time, an amazing time to, to be alive. You understand that your previous, your ancestors, basically previous generations had to speculate about this particular time. They used religion, uh, revelation and a whole bunch of other things to try and understand what was happening. Because these guys at the top do certainly follow the book of Revelation very, very well. To the letter, in fact. And uh, they got together uh, a long time ago, centuries ago, and in the t- early 20th century they came out with their big books written by themselves outlining this plan for the future, the scientific society they'd bring in with themselves and control at the top. Academia would be on board to brainwash the public and select those of the managerial class who would manage the public for them. That's why all academia is on board for something called progress, which is never defined to those below. And, of course, progress means the eugenical society, transhumanism, uh, the, creating, the creation of new kinds of slaves for the future that will be very efficient, very cost-effective too. And that's very important to those at the top because, see, the big banking boys already owned a good chunk of the world in the late 1800s were the guys who set up the big foundations that now run the world, the parallel government. They tell government what to do. They put their own boys into government from the Council on Foreign Relations. Every president prime minister across the planet is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. And of course, you don't vote for them, so why go through with the farce of democracy? You're voting in one agenda worldwide. It doesn't matter who you, who you vote for because the leaders are always picked and selected by the Council on Foreign Relations as members and they have already given their oaths to this organisation to continue and fulfil their obligations, no matter what it takes. So politics really is just for the lesser ones at the bottom that are allowed a certain amount of competition, according to Carl Quigley, but the ones at the top all, always belong and have for a hundred years. Council on Foreign Relations Royal Institute of International Affairs back with more after this And back And we're cutting through the matrix Those at the top Understand control And the control using power And how power should be ruled Or or used to control the public And the easiest way to do it Is to terrify the public Terror always works And generally in the past Has been uh, those boys over there Wars in other words Those bad guys over there But we're going into a global society And eventually they'll run out Of those boys over there because they do plan to take down all the Muslim countries across the planet as well, and what's left after that, you see. So it's very difficult to get those boys over there, especially China, when you're a trading partner with China, and they are supposedly they've got special trading status with you. They're really up there, and China now is also grabbing, uh, making power grabs for islands that are sort of under dispute right now. In fact, at this moment, but. Uh, What I mean to get at is the fact that power is used all the time and fear is used all the time on the populations of all countries. That's what they do. Whoever rules the country, uses power and fear, and we're here to protect you. And you've got to quiver and allow us to get on with it, to keep you safe. And at the time you're finished, of course, you have no rights whatsoever. You're in a totalitarian system. Uh, they'll never call it that at home, of course, naturally. Uh, even though you all, if you just believe your eyes once in a while, you can see what it really is. And that's the way they want it to be, because they're at a very teetering point right now. A teetering point. Uh, of going into the new system of authoritarianism. Remember, the Club of Rome is the big think tank for the United Nations. The, the UN itself is a front for the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the bankers who set it up. And uh, they, they basically um, are, are, are turning their guns on all the different countries. Right Now they can still turn them on, but they want to standardize the world very, very quickly, very, very quickly. And they want to use terror at home to do it all as well. And it's authoritarian society, the Club of Rome says, uh, it's the only way it will work because democ- democracy will never work. But meanwhile, the UN and all the other countries, in their usual hypocrisy, use the term democracy to cover the evil doings that they're up to, you see. They don't intend anyone to have democracy in this brave new world at all. But they would certainly use it, the term that is, like a shield, to get the moral high ground. But uh, tonight I'll put up uh, an interview, it's a video, with Roger Hayes that was kidnapped from his home by the police, uh, given a a behind-the-doors trial in secrecy and slammed off to, to jail, but he's managed to get out. So this is the first interview, apparently, that's been released since he got out now, he's the British Constitution Party Group uh, Chairman. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. I'll put that up. And all these articles I mentioned tonight, I'll put up at com after the end of the broadcast. And now I've seen this happening in the States. It's amazing how it's happening across the world at the same time. But uh, people have been told by their governments, you're eating too much, uh, uh, food's getting expensive, plant gardens and all this kind of stuff. And uh, and then when you do it, in come authorities and they rip it up and fine you or charge you or whatever. This is happening now in Canada. And there's a couple, it says, in Quebec, refused to rip up their illegal vegetable garden after demands from the draconian councils. See, we're run by all these petty bureaucracies now that have been given too much authority because you've allowed them to get so much authority, basically. And... Um, and all they do, once they get into power, is sit and make rules. That's all they do, is make rules all the time. And most people are oblivious of the rules until they come knocking at your door, or barging through it. It says, as the world battles an obesity epidemic, one Canadian council is going around dripping up thriving vegetable gardens. The spring Michael Beauchamp and wife uh, Josie Landry planted an elaborate vegetable garden on the front lawn of their Drummondville Quebec home and the cucumbers, tomatoes, beets and Brussels sprouts they grew have helped him shed 75 pounds and she shed 25 pounds. But town code states that such a garden could only take up 30% of front yards in the St. Charles de Drummond neighbourhood where they live, the rest must be grass. Uh, and so. The deadline was yesterday, Mr Beauchamp and Ms Landry refused to comply. They're now petitioning for the council to relax its draconian rules, which will see them facing fines of up to $300 a day from tomorrow. They charge interest on these things too, you know. It must be a right to be able to grow our uh, vegetables on on our own land. It's nonsense to ban it, Mr Beauchamp told CBC. And it says... um, the gardens have garnered more than 6,000 signatures, promoting their cause. Authorities told the TV station that community members had complained about the blossoming garden, but Mr Beauchamp said no one had complained to him and that they share much of what they grow. It's just these petty little, what can you call it, these little snoops that are hired. And it's jobs for their families. Do bureaucrats always hire their families into these things and create work for them, make work projects? And they were around snooping it on people and looking in their windows and all the rest of it. It's time to understand. If the people don't cut back on, on this massive bureaucracy locally and in, in the federal level too, we're all done for. We're all done for, absolutely. They'll have you in straitjackets before you know it. And that's what they're trying to do. And it's a time when you got to say enough, and that's it, no more. No more. Because it's just like... Um, As I say, that's Roger Hayes in Britain. He he refused to pay taxes to the town councils because they're they're giving cash abroad to kill folk and all this kind of stuff. Illegal wars. And where do you take your stand? When you take a stand, you will become a martyr, there's no doubt about it. But when do you take your stand and who's going to take the stand? Do enough people really care? Is it worth taking a stand for humanity in the first place? When look around you. And these are all the things that will go through your head as you perhaps take your stand. Maybe you can only do it for yourself, what's right. But if they let them walk over you, they, they just continue to get uh, more powerful uh, uh, and uh, it gets madness. Madness creeps in, absolute madness, when they stop you growing food. And apart from that, the food you're, you're buying in Canada especially is all GM anyway. It's poisonous. It is poisonous, and they know it's poisonous. Those, those who forced it on, on the Canadian public, and it's, it's way too expensive as well, ridiculously expensive. It's a big corporate farmers take over with the help of government. So, if you try to be healthy at all, yeah, they'll stop it. They'll stop it if they can. But it's up to you to keep going. That's all you can do. So, those who want to and can also uh, write to the to, to the, the, these two people in Quebec and give them some support and maybe tell the council where to go. Now, this is article is from the Government Security News. It's a lot to do with this particular shooting. It casts a spell, as I say, that's what they do with these guys. It casts a spell over the world. Always at the right time when the government's trying to get something through. And Obama and other countries are going to sign, of course, this this, this treaty with the United Nations. And our, our agreement, i have done it before, actually, back in the 60s, I've put that up before, where they wanted to basically eventually ban all small arms from the general public across the planet. Uh, now they also want to register those who have weapons uh, and uh, and uh, firearms across the whole planet. Uh, right At the right time, you, you get the thing happening. It never fails. Never fails. And remember, the end justifies the means, as I say. That's what they truly believe at the top. And that was said by Cecil Rhodes when he had the Rhodes Foundation set up with Lord Rothschild. They would use use some of the Jesuit tactics, he said, and they would form a Masonic-type system of secrecy and oaths, which they did. And they joined with the Milner Banking Group, international moneylenders, and formed the Royal Institute for International Affairs, with other branches called Council and Reform Relations. Anyway, it says theater shooting highlights difficulties with lone offenders and soft targets, said the fusion center. These fusion centers are across the whole world, world now, basically, not, not just in the States, and they're all uh, interactive with each other. So this is from the government. An incident assessment issued by the New Jersey Intelligence Fusion Center in hours after the mass shooting in Colorado. showed although law enforcement didn't believe terrorism was involved. It further illustrates the pernicious security difficulties with lone shooters and soft targets. What they're getting at is everyone has to have no privacy for the world to be safe. You see? This is where it's going. Absolutely this is where it's going. An incident assessment posted by a New Jersey regional operations intelligence center on July 20th following the attack said the greatest threat facing security officials today is that of the lone offender or homegrown violent extremist. Because of their focus on simple plots with short operational cycles, they give law enforcement little time to detect and disrupt them. Again, it's a, it's a, the, obviously it's a straight white male in this case. You know, before that was going to be all Muslims apparently, and then they didn't find enough of the Muslims, so they started going to, go into, oh, you're all guilty, you're all potential terrorists. Can you remember that? Anyone can be a terrorist. It might not be today, but it might be tomorrow. So it says New Jersey's ROIC, the state's hub for intelligence, and receives information and personnel from the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, and all other alphabet soup agencies, regional partners like the NYPD and neighborhood state police agencies, county municipal, non-governmental partners. This is a command center for all state-led emergency response operations, including natural disasters, chemical, nuclear emergencies, and terror alerts. The deadly Colorado attack said assessment, which was made available on the public intelligence websites, also shows the inherent vulnerability of traditionally soft targets in the commercial sector, which includes casinos, hotels, malls, shopping court centers, sports, entertainment venues, st- schools, including faith-based, and hospitals. It means streets and everything. I mean, in other words, everywhere you go, outside your home. The potential terrorist threat to the commercial sector in New Jersey is high, and an incident such as this illustrates the inherent vulnerability of soft targets throughout the state, it said, it warned law enforcement for possible copycat attacks. And um, So in other words, we're going to see a whole bunch of slews of of laws coming down the pike, because as I say, it literally means that they're, they're trying to validate all the snooping on all your mails, and what you look at, and all your data, they're trying to validate that, you see. And they're trying to validate the fact that they've been personality profiling you for years on the computer. This is what they're doing with it. And eventually they'll now put it into writing and say, yeah, OK, now it's official, but we're doing it unofficially, now it's official. For safety, you understand. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. And when you do big, big scenarios like 9-11 or whatever they're doing, we always have the same kind of, it's just too many unanswered questions, of course, which they'll never will answer because you have to admit to some involvement with your own security agencies, perhaps, things like that. And there's been so many over the last few years that you can't really keep counting them across the world. But um, they do love the occult, of course. No cults a way to smack you in the mouth and show how silly you are. But it also it's part of the spell that they cast, they cast on you as well. I guess everyone chatting about it, all the strange things that are happening here. A guy who dresses like the Joker just because he's red hair or a swim, even a wig for all we know. But the fact is, uh, it's, it's so bizarre, it captivates the minds of the people. And, and never mind, he might not have even been in the darn theater for all we know. They certainly got him outside of it, and even already uh, they're getting conflicting stories from the police that got him. On the one hand, they tell you he he was there with all his gear on, they thought he was one of them, he was at his car at that time. Today they show you uh, where he was walking from, the theatre supposedly, cast and where he dumped all uh, the the body armour and different things near a dumpster before he got to his car so which one's true you see it's just, you get these conflicting stories because the boys at the top haven't got everybody in on the, the right story yet and there will eventually be the right story when they're finished with it all and you find you have odd things too like the, the number plates of his car is 119 which is 911 backwards obviously and you have rock ROC and those that have read the Arabian Nights of course no rock was a big flying monster that uh, brought destruction upon the world, but it, rock is also the the division of uh, guess what I mean, we're talking about Batman here Penguin Books you know the Penguin the other arch enemy for science fiction. It's, it's just strange how it all ties together, and then you find this one here too to do with. Detective Comics. They used to call them DC Comics because it was Detective Comics that brought in the superheroes after they went through the old, the old type uh, detectives. But they still called it DC Comics. Anyway, it says um, this, this number is Detective uh, Detective Comic number five seven two. DC Comic five seven two. Pop culture historians de- regard Detective Comics as the first comic devoted exclusively to one theme. Well, it began with a variety of detective-related stories, from hard-boiled slam Bradley to Sax-Romer adaptations. Fans remember the comic for the one principal reason, it introduced the Batman. In March 1987, DC decided to, to celebrate 50 years of its landmark periodical with a special story called The Doomsday Book. As Mike W. Barr explains on the inside cover, they knew it would be a Batman story. He has dominated the title since 1939, but they wanted to include other aspects of detectives' history. The resulting story proves amusing, and it teams Batman and Robin, with the aged Slam Bradley, Detective Alumnus, Elongated Man, and the celebrated Sherlock Holmes. Holmes, does that ring a bell? Holmes, meeting Batman? Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's great de- detective uh, had after all shaped the entire genre in which this comic was rooted and 1987 marked his centennial. The cover features Batman and Holmes examining detective number 27. It says the cover of which also hangs in the wall. That issue of course marked Batman's first appearance. This is a comic so Holmes appears at its most iconic with the deerstalker cap, Inverness coat and curved pipe. Within the long and tangled tale begins uh, in a dive bar on Christmas with a private eye borrowed from another subgenre. So it's amazing how you've even got Batman meeting Holmes, and here we have the Holmes guy who thinks he's a joker, supposedly, so we're told, and it makes no sense at all. The guy was definitely drugged. Easy enough to drug someone, easy enough to, to work on them for a short period of time, actually, especially if you're a student in neuroscience, because in neuroscience, in a lot of these different uh, areas of uh, in university today, they will experiment on their own students first and foremost. And they do simple ones, too, to find out who's the most easily suggestible, uh, hypnotic subjects, that type of thing, and they can work on them quite, quite simply. It's very easy to do. So we don't even know who really did this to be honest with you, but too much of it stinks when you get stuff like this turning up. And as I say, the classic thing, is, is um, his number plate for his car is 119911, and Rock, of course, a division of Penguin Books for Science Fiction. You can't make this stuff up, and this is what happens over and over again with all of these kind of stage scenarios with the patsies there at the end. But this guy's out of it, obviously. A guy who's out of it cannot hurt, wire his home, uh, to, to, to go up in flames. He wouldn't have the, the, the concentration to do it. Never mind the learning and how to do it in the first place. And plan way in ahead to get all the ammunition and so on and so on and so on. And all the right kind of stuff. And also, too, you get the pictures with the gas mask. Gas masks is coming out everywhere right now. They even have the guy with a gas mask on in a Denver airport, of course. And the place where they strange with all the children's and there's children from all over the world, one lies in a coffin, but you see the people around the figures. There's a guy with a gas mask on, too there, too. Big thing gas masks right now. Interesting. Symbology. And it's an occult language in symbology, of course. Because it affects the psyche of the hearers, the listeners, it casts a spell on them. And it does, it really does Even if they don't, understand, they don't understand it It casts a kind of spell on them Puts in a limbo state where they're easily suggestible themselves And then they have to go along with the mainstream After all nobody, Nobody's safe It's scary out there All these dark forces working on us Back with more after this You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And the big boys at the top, of course, are bringing it all out today. Biodefense, new U.S. biodefense R&D network launched, it says here. On Monday, Texas A&M System dedicated a new research center which is part of a national network of centers aiming to develop strategies and products to counter bioterrorism chemical and radiological attacks on the U.S., and better strategies to deal with pandemics. The network will have facilities in Texas, Maryland, and North Carolina. The Texas dedication is a culmination of a Manhattan Project-like program for biological countermeasures launched in 2004 by the Department of Health and Human Services. The research network aims to develop rapid, nimble, and flexible approaches to vaccine therapy and therapy development and train the next generation of professionals to sustain U.S. capabilities in these areas. On Monday, Texas A&M System dedicated a new research center, which is part of a national network of the centers. And it says, um, in June, the Texas A&M System, a system which includes 11 universities and 120,000 students. When a large federal contract, and see, all academia is on board with all this, always has been, to become a major national hub of vaccine production and bioterror preparedness, which means, too, if they ever get vaccines for anything made at these universities, the patent goes to the big boys, the usual suspects at the top that own the vaccine industry. They get all for nothing. You pay for it all. And apart from that, too, do you really want all these students going into this area, uh, dealing with deadly, deadly uh, often man-made diseases. Remember, do you remember the 12 Monkeys movie? That's your real danger. It's one of those guys in a lab coming out with this stuff. He was really pissed off with mankind in general and lets a whole lot loose. That's where the danger lies. Anyway, it says, The contract announced by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius caused the creation of a Center for Innovation and Advanced Development and Manufacturing. It's expected to last 25 years and likely worth $1.5 billion to $2 billion. There should be a lot more than that, believe you me. The Texas the Texas m Center is part of a five-center network, which will also have facilities in Maryland and North Carolina. They're part of a federal plan to improve preparedness. has been led by the U.S. Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority. Everything's authorities now, aren't they? Everything's authority. Mind, it's authoritarian system, as the Club of Rome said, because democracy just won't do. And it trains us each time we read it too, doesn't it? I'll put it up tonight too, I'll put it up before, but it's about Australia. They're really getting kicked uh, in many nasty areas right now by uh, their Fabian socialist prime minister and uh, who's really tried to shut down all the, and really brought in censoring on all the, the media over there, still trying to do it as well. In fact, I pulled up a link today. I cannot, cannot bring up the links from Australia. To do with her censoring the media. I get all the, the proper um, links, but they just cut me right off. It says, do you trust the Gillard government to know all your internet passwords and basically all about you? And um, I'll put this link up for you tonight. And for those who want to join it, it's a little video on it. You can help the guy who's, who's trying to fight it. There's lots of them trying to stop it. And they have to stop it because they're really going full steam ahead into, it, which will be really the, the poster child. Gillard is a poster, actually Gilard is a poster child, I guess, for, for Stalin, I suppose, you know. He didn't have very good eyesight either, but mind you, that's what she, she really sees herself as being. And... Another one, too, is to do with Agenda 21, and this guy became the mayor. I remember reading it at the time he became the mayor. I wonder if he's related to the, the famous one, Richard Rothschild Battles Local Agenda 21. Uh, so this is a turnip for the books. If you can grow turnips, I don't know anymore. Richard Rothschild was the first county commissioner to officially oppose the United Nations International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives (ICLEI). Now, this ICLEI have basically grafted themselves onto almost every local council across the U.S. and in Canada as well. Just quietly doing it, you see, like sudden experts that just grafted themselves on. And there's no opposition, of course. And they start eventually ruling the the councils, telling them what they can do and cannot do for sustainability. Anyway, Mr Rothschild's fighting this. In fact, Rothschild won the November 2010 election in Carroll County, Maryland, based on his opposition to ICLEI, which is a local agenda 21 sustainable development action plan that attacks property and constitutional rights. And it says, find out why Rothschild is opposed... Agenda 21 and ICLEI. He says his most profound observations as taking office have been that the federal and state governments use coercive grant money, they always do that, to expand their power beyond constitutional limits, and that all of the processes of government are geared towards spending money, which leads to the budgets that spin out of control. Carroll County is a rural area that is under threat of urbanization, mixed-use buildings, compact apartment-like housing, also called stack-em and pack-em units, and social engineering. Mr. Rothschild is devoted to protecting Carroll County's citizens' constitutional rights. He's encountered forceful opposition in his pursuit of upholding the Constitution. And it's it's amazing, you try to uphold it, and but it's all changed, you see, because your government isn't going by the Constitution at all. This is upholding the Constitution and respect for property rights from the phony environmentalist policies of the U.S. government and the state of Maryland. However, he's been able to make some significant changes in Carroll County's municipal master plan. The foundation for development that includes steering his county away from mixed-use development and abolishing certain socialist language like social equity. Well, Carroll County planning and zoning officials have been cooperating with Commissioner Rothschild. He's been restrained in fully protecting citizens' rights because of federal laws, mostly handed down by the EPA, and state laws that attack property rights. The state of Maryland encroaches on local government jurisdiction through covert zoning and building regulations. So anyway, he's he's battling that away and um most folk, again, go back to sleep after the last Rio meeting. They think, oh, they didn't get anything. Don't you believe it? They got everything they wanted, rammed through. There are another bunch of hundreds and hundreds of scrolls to be signed by all the top dignitaries which were signed. And they got what they wanted. And it's, it's ongoing. And, and these guys are the guys, too, that will prohibit you from growing your own vegetables eventually and everything else because it's a totalitarian regime which they're after an authoritarian new world order across the whole planet. That's why they make sure it's international at at these big meetings like Rio. Another link i put up tonight too has to do with uh, this riot, Dash. You know who's rioting is the cops or the people, but it happened in Anaheim uh, when the cops opened fire on the mums and children. uh, And it says USO is out of control. USA is out of control, July 22nd. And it started with the cops shooting a guy. The people were objecting about it. They had a protest I think, the next day or something. And you'll see the cops here, apart uh, by blank like, range with rifles, firing um, uh, rubber bullets right into people on the spot, and setting the, the dogs on the people, including children. Their moms there holding their children. Uh, this is the new America. This is the new America. And the cops are primarily today have all, they've all grown up too with the video games, kill, kill, kill. I want to be a guy wearing black and powerful because these are the only ones who will have authority in the 21st century. And here we are. They've got what they wanted. And most of them, again, are straight out of the military. Back in the 90s, I remember reading an article on the air and saying that 90 odd percent of the U.S. Um, police across the, the country are recruited directly out of the military today. And that's how they see you, like a bunch of whoever it happens to be. You know, they have all these different names for their enemies. But definitely lesser people than themselves. And they're a brotherhood, don't forget that. Any guys, when you get guys together, it's the oldest trick in the book. You give them a feather in their cap, a white one, and they'll fight the guys over there with, a, with a, a black feather in their cap. And that's how they used to do it with armies. Now they give them complete uniforms. Think of the word uniform, uniform, one form. And you become a brotherhood, you see. And you'll lie and everything else for each other. That's what they always do. It's an old, old trick. It's already indoctrinated into them via the army, and it happens again back once are in the, the police forces. Uh, the, the BBC in Britain is trying to air a riot docudrama, and it's been banned by the government. Which is kind of weird, because the government, government owns the BBC and uses it as a propaganda arm. But it says British riot police arrived in front of a burning building in Croydon, South London, on August 8th. Now it's the third night of unrest and London has seen sporadic outbreaks of looting and clashes, both North and South of the River Thames. Numerous buildings were set on fire in Croydon, including a 140-year-old furniture store. As Hundreds of looters plundered through high street shops, uh, 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 offered goods, plundered their goods. And the riot police arrived and so on and so on, because we saw what really happened. It says, anyway, the BBC is considering making an appeal against a co-order which stopped it from broadcasting a dramatised film on last year's riots in London. The film, which features actors portraying anonymous rioters, sharing their experience of the events, was due to be broadcast Monday evening, but was banned by a court order hours before hitting the airwaves. Its script was written by award-winning playwright Alec uh, Blythe and is based on interviews from some 270 people conducted by the Guardian and London School of Economics as part of a study into the massive public disorder. The first installment of The Riots, that's the title, in their own words, focuses on rioters, while the second film of the two-part series shares the impressions of police officers on duty at the time. Both were banned from being broadcast by a court ruling which BBC lawyers now plan to appeal against, Reports The Guardian. The newspaper says for legal reasons it cannot report the name of the judge who made the controversial ruling, the court in which it was done, or the case he was presiding over. See, you live in a free society, so you're told you can't say anything about it. So anyway, the ruling also ordered the BBC to remove a clip promoting the film from its website, which the broadcaster did. The clip, previously available on a blog posted last Friday, featured a BBC producer saying that the important and illuminating interviews in the drama would provide insight into why and how the riots had happened. Now, these riots, or flash mobs as they call them, were predicted remember, uh, years ago, and I put it up on the website 2006, the, military, the Department of Defence's own think tank, had predicted all these riots would happen across the world, flash mobs, with the use of cell phones and instant communication. And they even had some testing of it put out by the big boys themselves. We saw those children ending up in the shopping malls doing all this silly dancing to each other, you know, with their earphones on, all playing different tunes. And that's all, it's all very innocent in the beginning. But these were tests put out by, by the big boys themselves to see how effective it would be and how they'd get the youngster to simply comply. It's very easy to get them to comply. And uh, then they had the real thing when, when of course the the riot started. After the court ruling arrived, the BBC said it would put the programme out at a later date. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, everybody's at the top it's very, very frightened right now because they know they're, they're pushing us all to the limits with austerity coming in. You see, and uh, which means poverty for those who don't quite get it, and uh, massive taxation. Your energies have to go up eightfold, tenfold. We've been told that in Canada and all your spending cash extra spending cash is to go to and fees and costs for energy and carbon taxes and all this wonderful stuff to bring you into poverty like a feudal system used to be the serfs at the bottom and the overlords like Carl Quigley said who worked for the Council and Foreign Relations he said we're bringing a new feudal system where CEOs will be the new world overlords and we already are there how bad can it get? Well Argentina is finding this out now too. Of course, Spain's finding it out, and all their countries have been hammered are finding it out. It says, cash-strapped Argentine town holds a raffle to see who will be paid. Yeah. So, a raffle will determine which civil servants in a small Argentine town will receive their their pay first due to insufficient funds. Its mayor has announced. President Cristina Fernandez de Kitchener gestures after giving new patrol cars and equipment to the federal police at the government house in Buenos Aires. That's the first thing you do is make sure the cops are well paid. They're, for, they're well paid. They don't they get little tickets and little lotos to see if you going to get paid or not. Eh? <laughs> Beautiful. We'll draw lots aside the order of payments Said mayor of Billy Mass, Gustavo Peo, and a broadcast from Buenos Aires private radio station, Radio Mitre. Very interesting name. Payo said the raffle was approved by national mayoral authorities and the first draw took place on Friday with 23 of the town's 92 employees receiving their pay. A second raffle is slated for Monday, AFP reported. It's home to 5,000 inhabitants. Uh, Billy Mass is a tourist uh, destination in Cordoba province, 750 kilometres northwest of Buenos Aires. So there's one way of doing it. Remember what they said too. Eventually, you see, it'd be a privilege a privilege to do, to, to work eventually. Years ago they said that there'd be so few jobs that, that people would be walking about with nothing but leisure and time. This is what we did in the 70s. They put up big, big, wonderful scenarios of the future to con the public. You know, they knew what they were going to really do with the public. But all the papers carried these articles from futurists who worked for the government. And they would all be walking about in Roman togas. Uh, and the biggest thing would be leisure. And leisure would be very, very important. Big business and leisure industries. And here we all are, you know, going around thrift stores and looking for real, real food to eat. Hard to get real food at the bottom level, isn't it? The big boys don't have that problem. Look at the food they eat, and they've got 24 courses at their, their, their G20 meetings and things like that. Yep, feudal times. You're backing them, folks. You're never really away from them. Now, an armed clash in the South China Sea, it says the risk of conflict in the South China Sea is significant. China, Taiwan, Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, uh, some of these are, by the way, Muslim uh, areas now, and the Philippines are competing territorial and jurisdictional claims, particularly over rights to exploit the region's possibly extensive reservoirs of oil and gas. So there's going to be conflicts. There's already there's clashes, armed clashes already. Freedom of navigation in the region is also a contentious issue, especially between the US and China, over the right of the US military vessels to operate in China's 200-mile exclusive economic zone. These tensions are shaping and being shaped by rising apprehensions about the growth of China's military power and its regional intentions. The best enemies money can buy, we make them what they are. And then we say, oh, we we'll have an enemy. And then once again, the big boys can rule you for years. Living under fear, what you protect you from China, our best trading partner. (laughs) And who gave them all the trade? Who gave them the factories? Who built their hospitals? Who trained all their engineers for 30 years before they even had the factories? We all did. Who paid for the factories to move? We did. The best enemies money can buy. I'll put that up tonight as well. And then China sends troops to disputed islands. It says, The Central Military Commission, China's most powerful military body, has approved the deployment of a garrison of soldiers from the People's Liberation Army to guard disputed islands claimed by China and Vietnam in the South China Sea. And that's from the, the Chinese paper. On Monday, there was the first meeting of the 45 legislators elected over the weekend to govern 1,100 people who live on the island groups of the Spratlys, the Paracels, and the Macclesfield Bank. Uh, Chinese authorities told state media. The meeting was a large, the latest escalation of the territorial dispute between China and its neighbours over the island groups known in the Chinese as the Zisha, uh, the Zhongsha, and the Nansha Islands. The new legislators will not only govern island groups, many of which consist of rocks and atolls, but also about 772,000 square miles off the China uh, Sea over which China claims jurisdiction. So that'd be interesting. Mind you, you can't do anything about it now, uh, even if it was real, you know, because um, they're, they're our best trading partners. If China says, well, that's it, no more cheap junk for you. Well, it's not actually cheap anymore. most expensive junk, but we can't get it here. Well, that's it, folks. No more computers, batteries, nothing. It's all gone. Back with more after this... Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and it's amazing too how it all ties in together when you have shooters all burst out all over the place around the same time. I've noticed that for years and it has to be coordinated of course. And what happens in Toronto because there was a lot of speed of shootings in Toronto recently just to coincide with this one of course and this whole UN registration deal that they're trying to get through. Um, it says here, Toronto... You can tell it's new speak with the youngsters. They eh? disinvites, they don't revoke anything anymore. They disinvite them. Disinvites elite youth target shooters from city sport events. And now the city's backing down, apparently, and athletes may be back. And next month, Toronto will be host to the 2012 Ontario Summer Games. The Summer Games tout themselves as Ontario's largest amateur sports competition, dating back to 1970, that draws thousands of athletes across Ontario to compete in various team and individuals, individual sporting events. So they're very proud of it, yada, yada, ya. And it says, But apparently not all amateur sports. An email sent out by a city official last night has revoked the invitation of two of the athletes' teenagers, both to participate in public events promoting the Games. The two athletes who have been selected as ambassadors for the event have been told they're no longer welcome on stage with the other ambassadors. If that isn't the cold shoulder what is, you're no longer welcome. The reason given is they are competitive rifle shooters, and given the recent speed of gun violence in Toronto, we can no longer have the sporting rifle athlete ambassadors present on stage, it says. The official who sent the email apologises for the decision, noting that he does not agree with it, but he says the directive has come down and he must follow it. Mind you, Canada's got no problem sending troops across the planet to actually kill people. They're not shooting at rubber ducks or anything like that. He says the teenagers were especially, uh, specifically supposed to be involved in an event known as World Record Camp Games to build a bu- uh, to build buzz ahead of uh, August Summer Games. The organizers at the City of Toronto are planning to hold a day of athletic competition at the dozens of summer camps scattered across the city by getting all of the children enrolled in these camps playing sports together at the same time under the banner of a single event that organizers hope to set a new world record for the most Athletes competing in multi-sport games events. So, uh, as I say, there's some updates to it, and so maybe they've, they've, they've revoked that again, who knows. Listen votes, and and, um, and all the invoking stuff that they can kind of do in, in, with the Newspeak. Anyway, um, they might get back in, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens there. But it's, it's amazing when they, see, certainly it's a Toronto, and they know this too, they set them up deliberately, Um you can guarantee there'll be gun violence when the cops stop the drugs from going in. They start killing each other to get the guys who've got the drugs. They know each other, all the big dealers, and who've still got drugs. This has happened each time they tried to get gun laws passed in Canada. Once they pass a the law, it all quietens down because the drugs start flowing in again. This is how they do it in Canada. This is exactly how they do it. It's happened about five times in the past, each time they trying to get laws passed. Stop the drugs flowing... They get desperate, they start raiding each other for To see who's got drugs left And they shoot each other And everybody who lives in the city knows it too But that's how you get things done The big the big guys at the top And the big top That's what it is, the big top, we're in a circus And a very, very inter- and Geoengineering projects Around the world map from the Guardian I'll put that up tonight as well And it shows you where they're already uh, Geoengineering Of course I've been doing it for about 12 years now uh consistently, altering the weather. And it's quite a good article on them actually doing that, altering the weather. So first time I've seen anything like that break out. And they're doing it all from the sky. But they also use HARP along with it. We all know that too. Because it was designed to work together. Uh Teller, who invented the H bomb, was a guy who was given directive to go ahead and try that technique. Spray first with metallic particles and then use ELF and HARP to alter the weather and basically the minds of the public by the way from Hamish myself into Canada is good night may your God or your gods go with you